Welcome to Season 2 from A Lancashire Lass with me, Lucy Baxter. Joining me today is Andy Pratt, Deputy Police and Crime Commissioner, also a former Superintendent and Prevent Lead for the Lancashire Constabulary. He's also the Conservative Chairman of the Preston Conservative Association and also gets involved in so much voluntary work that we're going to be chatting about. But first, welcome to the podcast, Andy. How are you doing today? Yeah, today's good. Sun shining, the birds are singing in the trees. I've just collected 30 trays of food donated by Tesco because on Fridays we run a food market here from church which is uh, looking at giving people that respect. There's no, um, there's no charge to come. If you want to give a donation, you can. You don't need a referral. And we only do fruit and veg because we try and get people to eat a bit more healthily. So we've, nearly, we've done it for nearly four years now. So, yeah, it's one of the things I do on a Friday. <laughs> so... If you sort of take me back to when you were younger, did you always have in mind that you would go into the police and start off as a police officer? Oh, no, not really. Um, My motivation came from the 1981 riots that took place across the country. Um, And I I saw uh, the disturbances that were happening, mainly Liverpool, Manchester, London, um, that came on the back of... um, Yeah, they were invariably connected to race and I thought I could do something about it so I applied to join the police that's where my motivation came from I joined in 1982 and then retired in 2010. And so what was the process that you had to go through to become a police officer at the time sort of the steps that you had to take? Oh, um, things have changed considerably. It's it's a lot more complicated now. But in those days, uh, you filled the form in. Obviously, there was quite a bit of documentation. Then you applied for an interview uh, and got interviewed and you were taken on the back of that interview. But you also had, um, in those days, a police sergeant would also come round and have a look at your house and just do a sort of a bit of a discreet background check of where you lived and uh, the like, um, which doesn't happen these days, so. And then in 1990, I think it was, you became an inspector. So what was that, what was different from a police officer to being an inspector and what kind of day-to-day tasks did that involve? Yeah, well, uh, in 1990, yeah, I went to Fleetwood as an inspector. You've, you're in charge of uh, um, a shift, uh, as it was then, so of staff across, that was Fleetwood, Poulton, uh, Cleveleys. So you had uh, four sergeants and about uh, 25 staff, and your job was ensuring um, that policing got done within the the, uh, the time you'd got so you're on shifts then and you so you covered ev- anything that that came up within that time being so you know, ensuring the officers obviously were on duty doing their best and uh, were motivated um yeah and crime inquiries um got done um you so you've you've worked your way up you've you've become a, a chief inspector a superintendent temporary chief superintendent what are maybe the key moments or sort of highlights that you have from your time in the police? 
Oh, now that's a big question. Um, I think I got most satisfaction uh, from um, dealing with the public, um, trying to resolve some of the issues, whether the issues were crimes that were committed against them or general difficulties. It could be around road safety, could be around neighbourhood nuisance. And sometimes the tiniest ones gave you a great deal of satisfaction if you'd managed to sort out the things that were bothering somebody, particularly vulnerable individuals. So. I think I got a lot of satisfaction, um, certainly over um, my period of, of time in the police, was finding missing people because they're incredibly vulnerable. Um, there's still thousands of people go missing, sometimes deliberately and sometimes not. Sometimes people have um, dementia and memory losses and things. But yeah, ensuring they're safe um, and getting them back to people that can care and love for them. Yeah, I think those were some, um, yeah, when you think uh, one person's safe now. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I could talk about big strategy stuff and writing all sorts of stuff, but actually um, it's people that count. Every individual counts. Was that kind of your focus then when, when you were sort of at the top, kind of the people? Was that kind of your focus on, on crime, you know, like missing people? Um, no, well, I had lots of other responsibilities as well, but I think you can uh, you can spend a lot of time in meetings and dealing with uh, documents and strategies and policy, but you must never forget that it's about individuals. Um, so if I could, I'd get involved um, as much as I could on a practical basis. So you know, you can think you know what's going on, but unless you get a, unless you come and talk to folk. Um, you don't, because you can get you can get quite distant from it, and that's obviously a, a criticism of a, a lot of senior leaders. Uh, I don't mean that at the moment at all, but throughout my career, that you can get too distant. So I always tried not to get too distant from uh, from people. So is that the case? Sort of the higher you go up in the police, kind of the less time you would spend, sort of on on the street, you know, with the people, or just sort of checking, you know, day to day, going around. I don't know, Preston or at night. I don't know if that happens. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 how it goes. So uh, the um, the higher up um, the ladder you go in any organisation, whether you're uh, the chief executive of something, the less time you have uh, with actually um, the people, the customers, the people who, who want help. So, yeah. Um, and... Uh, it's trying to not lose that focus because certainly in policing, the um, people come first. It should be um, people are coming first. Yeah. So you retired from Lancashire Constabulary in 2010 um, at the rank of superintendent. But then I think it was last year you started working alongside the Lancashire Police and Crime Commissioner Andrew Snowden. So why don't you talk to me a little bit about what the Lancashire Police and Crime Commissioner doors and what that involves for you right yeah yeah so the good news in may last year andrew snowden got elected um so a new administration came into place the role of the police and crime commissioner uh, number one is to set a police and crime plan sounds very fancy but it's basically being the voice of the public to the chief constable so we surveyed, well, we put a survey out and over 5,000 people responded to it, um, asking what their priorities were 
And from those priorities, we're then able to set the, the police and crime plan and then hold the chief constable to account. Um, the, it's a little bit more complex than that because the police and crime commission also takes on responsibilities across other areas, uh, particularly supporting those people who've been subject to crime to be victims of crime. So we commission the victim support services, most of them across the county, looking after people who um, who've had crimes committed against them. And then the role I've picked up is, is chairing the Lancashire Road Safety Partnership. So trying to get all the organisations working together to, um, to have no people killed or injured on our roads. That would be the ultimate target uh, and to try and work towards that. And also the Lancashire Criminal Justice Board, which is looking to um, improve the process of our criminal justice system from uh, investigation, um, charging through to the courts, magistrates, crown courts, through to the prisons, work with probation. So yeah, there's a bit of a big job on at the moment. So for the survey that came back in Lancashire, what were the kind of things people were concerned about in the area or crimes or things that, that they wanted to the chief constable to address? Well, I, I bet you can probably guess them because they're the, um, the sort of the really obvious stuff. Number one on the list was can we sort out or do our best to sort out antisocial behaviour in all its manifestations? Um, people um, behaving badly on our streets or our neighbourhoods, um, riding off-road motorcycles across our parks. Um, yeah all the manifestations being drunk fighting in the street that all that that really bothers people and makes them feel unsafe mm -hmm. yeah so that was number one there are five of them there are um, dangerous drivings one if you um the police also do a survey called in the know uh talking lecture and uh, people are constantly constantly and it's one of my responsibilities is is looking at uh, dangerous driving as well so speeding, it's the probably, uh, well, one of the higher issues for people in the county, again, wanting to feel safe on the roads, because uh, we've 5,000 miles of roads in the county, we've millions of hours of road users, uh, and there's more and more vehicles coming on the roads every day. So yeah, and others uh, tackling organised crime, burglaries, robberies, and also looking for, particularly around, um, rape and serious sexual offences, because they they traumatically affect people's lives and trying to get uh, um, trying to get those detected and prosecuted as quickly and as effectively as possible. I think obviously coming from Lancashire when you when you live in a little village like like probably quite a lot do in the counties, you don't you know you think of the antisocial behaviour possibly in the parks, but you don't think of kind of the organised crime or or you know people like that operating of course they do but you you just don't see it or maybe we're not looking for it and and don't know it's there if we're not necessarily involved or being a victim to that um so the way the crime police and crime commissioner works it's obviously elected so is it based on the current government that are in or could it be a different political party is that how it kind of works or is it not affiliated yeah the the post was brought in uh, 12 years ago um thereabouts um and yeah it's up for election every four years so um and you can stand 
for a political party or you can stand it as an independent and everyone in the county who has the the right to vote in these elections can vote so um, 180 odd thousand people voted for Andrew uh, to get in last May which uh, was really good news and then he asked because of my policing and uh, criminal justice background he asked if I could come and help and support him so um, uh, that's what I'm doing yeah. So yeah, you can you can stand as an independent, or you can be allied to a political party as well. So yeah, it doesn't have to be the party of government. It, it it's 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 very open like that. So alongside sort of your policing career and what you're doing now, you're also the um, conservative chairman of the Preston Conservative Association. So how long have you been chairman there, and and what does that involve, sort of on a maybe day to day or weekly basis? Um, I'm trying to think, probably chairman about four or five years. Um, we're a fairly small association um, because it covers the electoral uh, parliamentary boundary of, uh, of Preston, which only goes up to Washington Street Road in Preston. Um, so it's the, mainly the urban terraced areas of Preston that it covers. Um, and it's had a Labour MP for almost as long as anyone can remember. Uh, uh, yeah, and we, yeah, so we now have one, we've only got one elected councillor, uh, Trevor Hart over in England Cotton. And we work, um, we work hard in the elections to give people a choice, because uh, we know in some areas uh, the majorities are very big. Um, but uh, we, yeah, um, we emphasise positiveness and we don't criticise other people or other parties. We just emphasise what we could do to make a difference. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of people doing a lot of um, very basic and essential community work, whether it's volunteering during the COVID pandemic or helping people like we do with our food market and stuff. Um, these are just, yeah, just honest folk trying to do a good job. So yeah, campaigning mainly around the election times, sort of January through to May, um, yeah. And you were just sort of alluding to it then, the voluntary work that you do. I mean, you were saying before the recording all the different things you do. Do you want to talk a bit about the voluntary work you do and maybe why it's so important to you? Um, yeah, I think a lot of people want to make a difference. And I think um, the county would fall apart unless um, without the volunteers that operate across the county. Um, there's an awful lot in the faith communities, whether it's uh, Christian, Muslim, Hindu, Sikh, um, Buddhist, Baha'i, um, whatever, Jewish. There's, uh, there's an awful lot of voluntary work goes on there. When you think uh, the biggest voluntary group are the governors of our schools, primary, secondary, and tertiary, and I've been a governor uh, over the years with those as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just incredibly important. We don't just rely on the state to do everything for us. The COVID pandemic was a really good example of that, that voluntary groups, particularly around Preston, the area and best, just sprang up organically, like um, people wanting to help. And yeah, so uh, if we talk about, say, food provision, there were at one time during the height of the pandemic about 20 different food providers delivering things to people's homes uh, operating totally independently without any commissioning or um, but just trying to look after folk 
um, yeah, and then we <clears throat> we formed a WhatsApp group. So even today, we're all, we all chat to each other and say, has anyone got any thing they can share? I need this. Can someone to deliver something to this person's house because they're stuck here? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I uh, I enjoy it, um, making a difference, helping people out. Yeah. And you were mentioning that you are quite involved in Blackburn Cathedral. Um, is that what kind of things do you do there? And also, why is sort of maybe your face so important to you? Yeah, my face is very important to me. It's, it sets the, the direction for my life. Um, and I did so when I was a teenager that I decided to be a follower of Jesus. Um, I think he's complete radical asking people to love their neighbour as their self. Um, that's hard, isn't it? It's hard enough to love um, your dearest relative or your, uh, as yourself. And that's, what he asks, that's what he asks of us. Um, so he sets the bar incredibly high. Um, yeah, uh, and I get involved with uh, facilitating conversations and friendships and help between different faith groups. So we've uh, an event with uh, the bishop in uh, a couple of weeks where we've got a variety of different faith groups coming together. Uh, again, it's just around friendship and knowledge and helping one another, supporting. Um, yeah. So, um, and at the cathedral, I chair the cathedral council, which is a, a sort of a multidisciplinary group. People don't necessarily have to be Christians on it, but just because the cathedral is quite central to a lot of the life of uh, the county, not just um, um, there is daily prayer for the county three times a day there. Um, it's not restricted to just uh, uh, praying for the Christians. It prays for the county as a whole. Um, and it's used for lots of other um, community provision. It's currently the largest, it's been the largest vaccination centre in the county. Um, and it's still operating as that in the, in the, the crypt, the basement of the cathedral, uh, has vaccinated tens and tens, well, hundreds of thousands of people as a, as a venue uh, in the centre of the county, uh, in the centre of, of Blackburn as well. So yeah, it's uh, cuts across trying to help. You're so busy with all these different things that you sort of chair and, and do. What kind of downtime do you have? What what do you do as a hobby or to sort of, I don't know, take your head away from all these other busy things you do? Um, swimming. I've um, uh, been a competitive swimmer most of my life, um, so I try and get in the pool. The When the pools were closed, it was terrible not being able to swim. I ended up doing quite a bit of open water swimming with my daughter in Manchester, um, but it's, I still couldn't get in. I could only get in once a week um, because they were, again, they were rationing the swimming in a, in a big lake. So I now try and get in three or four times a week. I'm trying to get my times back to something that would be competitive again. Uh, I also play the French horn. Um, we play in Southable Concert Band. We're gonna be playing at Longton Live. So anyone who wants to come and hear us at Longton Live, um, I think it's the Friday the 15th we're going to be on. Uh, it's a great event, so people just pay five quid and they can go on, go into all the different venues for two days, uh, and all the artists give their time and effort for free. So, yeah, South Ripple Concert Band, come and listen to us. Uh, yeah, I'm a dad of four and a granddad of six, so it's great to be with family as well. Yeah, that sort of stuff. You 
you got an MBE. What, when did yep. you get that and kind of who presented you with that award? I bet that was a really sort of special day. Yeah, it was. I was present. I got uh, officially awarded it in 2021 and I picked it up because of COVID and delays. Uh, I had the option to go to Buckingham Palace, uh, Windsor Castle, but you're only allowed one guest. So I opted to go to Lancaster Castle and Lord Shuttleworth, the Queen's representative in the county, presented me with the award. And I was allowed to take six guests. So, um, yeah, that was great. It was a lot more intimate as well uh, than than the very big um, palace ones. Yeah. So, what's kind of your plan for the future now? What what have you anything else that maybe you want to achieve or have in the pipeline that you want to do? Uh, work uh, well in various various those heads work heads. I'd really like uh, to see Lancashire to be the safest place to live to work and to drive. I know those are big, big visions, but um, yeah, that's what myself, but well, all the other partner agencies are striving towards. Um, we need to change culture in people's heads when they drive cars. Um, they need to see that speeding is antisocial as well. Um, and it's dangerous and using your mobile phone and drinking and drugs. So we have a big culture change to move on. Um, thankfully, the majority of people do uh, obey the law, do try and drive carefully, but there's always way too many who don't. Um, so yeah, that would be my big ambition, um, where the county was the safest place to live and work and drive. And particularly, I mean, um, uh, for women, because um, there's been a lot of, a lot of really disastrous things that have happened against women over these past few years um, for them to feel safe and secure wherever they go. So um, I also try and help the street pastors who are a massive influence in our city centres, particularly Preston, in, in helping to keep the place um, safe and uh, secure. Yep. Oh, well, I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and chatting to me about that. It's been really interesting to hear all the, as you said, different hats that you wear and all the different things that you do. Yeah, that's good. It's my pleasure. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. To keep up to date with all things from a Lancashire Lass, follow on Facebook and Instagram at from a Lancashire Lass.